I have a tattoo on my shoulder of a labyrinth. Some of you have seen it. Oddly, many of my parishioners in Washington State did not know I had any tattoos because of the cold and dark and the need for constant long sleeves. One church picnic day, it was a nice sunny day and a swarm of older ladies marveled at the ink that was normally covered, amazed that it was there. More than one of them asked for my tattoo artist's number. A huge perk to the Texas weather is that my tattoos get to see the light of day regularly. I got this labyrinth on the one year anniversary of my dad's death. And although it's nothing but very thick, dark lines, I didn't feel any pain at all. I wept, not from pain, but from grief, and told stories as Mike, my friend and tattoo artist, dragged the ink-filled needle across my skin. It was cathartic. You may have encountered a labyrinth before. They are sometimes at churches, sometimes at parks. It looks like a circular maze, but it is not a maze. The difference between a labyrinth and a maze is whereas a maze has multiple trajectories and dead ends and then eventually a way out, in a labyrinth there is only one path, winding closer and then farther away from the center, and then it always ends up in the same place. There is no way out in a labyrinth. It is an ancient spiritual practice, this labyrinth and walking it, meant to remind us of the journey of life and life's destination, the heart of God. It is a path that goes in these circles and, and it reminds us as it winds and twists that our journeys are not linear, they are not predictable, and they are not controllable as much as we would like to believe and think and hope that they could be. One of the deepest truths of our spiritual journey is that the way out is always in. And so many of us spend so much of our lives running. There is no external thing or person or activity that will allow us to arrive where we're supposed to be. We have the singular task in this life and that is to trust God enough to journey all the way to the center of ourselves where God's incredible fingerprints have been etched onto our souls and where we find the joy, the surprise, and the truth of who God made us to be. When we're brave enough to follow God to the center of our own hearts, to stop trying to run, to stop trying to deny, we will see the miraculous, our own belovedness, our own gifts displayed as just that, gifts for the entire world that God has embedded in us. But we'll also see the other stuff that we would rather ignore, that stuff that we tried to run from in the first place. This journey allows us to grow in grace, hope, service, and love as we realize that the only way to be truly free is not by running, not by avoiding our fear or our brokenness or our grief or our sin, but instead to stand tall and know that God gives us the strength to face it. 
to in fact embrace it as Jesus did on the cross. And then God transforms it in resurrection power. Just as no external force can fix our life and make it complete in some way, so no external force is the root of all of our issues. Life is a battlefield, the comic Pogo so eloquently puts it, and we have met the enemy and the enemy is us. I tell my premarital counseling couples that if the first session were a children's sermon, I would give them each a mirror and tell them to look at the person in the mirror, and that is who would cause 99% of all the problems in their marriage. Themselves. This is true for marriage, and it's true for life. Many of us know someone who continues to blame and scapegoat external circumstances or other people for their trouble while not realizing the common denominator is always themselves. We are guilty of this a lot of times, y'all. If things keep going wrong for us, we need to take a good, long look in the mirror. Jesus taught this. He confronted people with it with alarming regularity. It's one of the things that got him murdered. In this morning's gospel, we find Jesus and the disciples having a meal with some religious folks. The religious folk called out the disciples for not washing their hands. Whenever I read that gospel, I want to stop when they say that the disciples ate without washing their hands and be like, gross! Ew! They should have washed their hands. And I just want to say, especially in a global pandemic, this is not a sermon about not washing your hands before you eat. You, you need to do that. But the religious authority here, we're not speaking about basic hygiene. They were speaking about a custom created by humans and a special way to wash that was supposed to have this, this delineation of holiness. Like, look at the way I wash my hands. Everything that I do is soaked in the holy. Jesus called them on it hard. You say one thing while you do other things. You're hypocrites. You think washing your hands is a special, in a special way actually matters to the universe? With all these folk out here hurting, with all the pain and poverty and violence in the world, and you're going to get nitpicky about how to properly wash your hands, you are distracting yourselves with the legality that does not matter. The only thing that matters is love in action. Jesus goes on to say that the contents of the heart is, is what overflows into good or bad behavior, so stop blaming something else when the only way to root out the darkness is to be brave enough to journey to the center of ourselves and face it. Not all of the terrible things in our lives have originated from within, right? Some of us have had really terrible things happen. Terrible things. To no fault of their own. Some of you have been victimized, abused, mistreated. It was not okay. But even those wounds need to be greeted at the center of ourselves and sorted out by God's love so that they do not leave us scarred or broken. To go to the center allows God's love to knit us back together so that those broken pieces become strength and superpowers, ways that we can show others that we have been healed 
It's incredible how the very thing that hurt us deepest is the very area where we can so powerfully proclaim God's love, resurrection, and hope. Alternatively, when we are not able to face our pain and our worst, the worst parts of, of what has happened to us and what we have done, then it can get really ugly because pain not transformed is transferred on others. Hurt people hurt people. And when that pain is not transformed, it's inflicted on those, usually those even that we love the most. Our gospel message this morning, our good news, is that most of what we need to deal with is right here. That's tough. We like to try to blame our problems on others. We like to try to avoid our issues. But here, in this place, among these people, we tell the truth. We tell the truth about God's goodness and love. We tell the truth about what can set us free. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to have the courage to face what is at the very center of ourselves, our wounds, our sin, our deepest and most amazing gifts, so that we can live in integrity and love. It's our life's journey. The goal of life is to walk in love, hope, and healing and be honest with ourselves and others in a way that allows us to be unstuck and serve through all the twists and turns so that we're not the kind of people that are concerned about doing things the right way, but instead we simply live in the flow of God's love, walking that journey that has been set before us faithfully, joyfully. I know you probably already know this, but the goal of life is not to amass a lot of stuff. It's not to figure out religion perfectly. It's not to be the most popular, the most respected. It's to be the incredibly unique gift to the world that God created you to be and to live with vulnerability and grace. This week, I was saddened to hear of a pastor from Tennessee a friend of a friend who died driving his child to college. It was the first day of his long-awaited sabbatical. One hour before he died, he posted on social media about heading out on his journey, which would take him to his kid's school and then ultimately to the Camino de Santiago so that he could walk a 500-mile pilgrimage. In sudden traffic outside of Nashville, he abruptly changed lanes and rear-ended a semi, he and his child died on the scene. He had a 50-year life full of twists and turns. He had plans ahead of him. He bought his backpack to walk the Camino. He had his child there who had a future of hopes and dreams. And yet, in one unexpected, unplanned for moment, their breath stopped. You would think that at this point, especially in the middle of a pandemic after millions around the world have died from COVID, with dealing with the end of a 20-year war that killed some of the best and brightest from several countries with what looks like nothing to show from it, with new horrors of climate change speeding up at a rapid rate, with our own private grief that we carry around in our hearts, you would think that we would understand that we are mortal. 
that the world is a dangerous place and that life is so, so, so precious, you would think that we would remember that our steps matter. And yet, when grief hits us, when we hear these terrible stories of people buying packbacks to walk a pilgrimage they will never walk, when college students buy new bedspreads for their dorm rooms that will stay empty until the college reassigns them, when children go to school one morning with a parent deployed and come home with a father that has lost his life, when we get the news that brings us to our knees, we're always surprised. I believe that the reason that we're surprised is because we are sojourners, journeying. We never really arrive at a final destination, even when we are embraced in God's love from life to life, as Thomas and Charlie were last week. We journey somehow in God's love in a mystery we cannot comprehend. We are not meant to stop. We are not meant to get caught up in the trivialities of, of life and, and popularity and what other people are doing right and how things look or what other, others might think of us if we embraced who God made us to be or what other people think of someone else. We're not meant to stop at one mountaintop even and not come on down and head on out to the next trip. We are meant to face our deepest, darkest pains and our most profound giftings and give them all to God, the sum of them, and keep moving, sometimes closer to our goals and sometimes farther away, but always embedded in God's grace, always speaking the truth about what matters. And God, who is infinitely more than we can ask or imagine, will somehow anoint our humanity with divine love, making our path rise up before us with hope. Amen.